episode 56 of the Matt Matt O'Scale Trains podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rochford, and with me is, well, my single co-host tonight, the one and only Johnny. Johnny, how you doing tonight, buddy? Good. I'm glad we finally fired Matt Z, right? Is that why he's gone <laughs> this time? Or, or is he hired again? I can never tell this at this point. Actually... Matt Z is unable to join us tonight. Uh, he had to work, so duty calls for him. Uh, he did, however, put together all of the questions for us tonight, uh, and he reviewed them, and he just made sure they were all relevant for the catalog. So big thanks to uh, Matt Z for that. <laughs> all right, well, let's just go ahead and get into it. Uh, let's talk about what we're going to, well, talk about tonight, and that would be the... Uh, the Lionel 2023 Volume 1 Catalog. We're going to review it like we have been for the last, uh, how long have we been doing this? For a year and a half now? We've so. got a, you guys have done it for at least two, two, one, two full like, years. At least multiple yep. catalog shows. I, I know that for sure. Yep, and they only get better. I do. Before we get going with tonight's episode here, we'll uh, just hit some of our basic maintenance items, and then we'll move on to the show for tonight. So, as always, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Podbean, of course, that's our home base, uh, YouTube, as well as Amazon Music. Uh, we also, of course, have the Discord server, which is now beyond 200 members, and it's quite the happening place. You know, it's just something that we've talked about a lot on the show as a community aspect and just something that's always really great. Uh, it's a public Discord. So anyone uh, can join it. We'll throw a link in the description of the video here. And uh, because this is a public Discord, you will have to acknowledge that you read the rules as this is a community server. A uh, great group of moderators, of course, including us three hosts. And so we always make sure that everybody is treated with respect and is uh, very safe in our community here. Uh, we have a new URL for the podcast, and that would be mnmpodcast.com. Find us there. All right, so the last thing we'll talk about are Matt and Matt merchandise. So if you want anything with our logo on it, be it you know a button, a coffee mug, a sticker, a hat, whatever, uh, you can go to redbubble.com, and you can look up Matt and Matt, and you will be able to find us there. Before we start, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, trains.com if you are looking for a great deal on used and new model railroading products and want top-notch service then please head over to trains.com where they have over 120,000 products with new ones added every day you can also sign up for their newsletter to see newly listed and newly discounted products and receive advance notice of upcoming promotions now i've been using trains.com myself as well as my co-hosts and we highly recommend them to our listeners now, if you're like us and you're always on the lookout for your next engine, join the Trains Rewards program to earn points on every purchase and unlock future discounts. And if you're an avid collector and want first dibs on new items, sign up for the private car membership to get early access to new listings, earn five points per dollar spent, and unlock great benefits like no questions asked returns. Now, guys, don't forget that uh, you'll need parts to keep your engines and cars operating smoothly. And to do this, Trains has a collection of 15,000 plus parts available on their website for any item you may need. And also, if you're interested in downsizing your collection or know someone who is unfortunately leaving the hobby, Trains also buys collections. 
So head over to sellmytrains.com to get a quote. And Trains makes it easy to sell your collection. Now, if you do plan on buying from them, please use our affiliate link, which is www.trains.com slash MMOP. You can also use our unique one-time promo code MMOP for $10 off a single purchase on the trains.com website. Uh, So we won't be reviewing the catalog alone. So I'd like to introduce our guest for tonight. Our first guest, Superman has pajamas with his logo. Thanks for joining us tonight, Mr. Ryan Kunkel from Lionel. Thank you, man. That's the uh, that's the best introduction I think I've ever I've ever had. I'll take that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And our uh, our second guest won a fist fight only using his beard. Thanks for joining us, Eric Siegel from the Eric's Trains YouTube channel. Hey, how's it going, Matt? (laughs) Good. Thanks for joining. (laughs) And uh, lastly, trains stop at crossings just so he can pass. Welcome to the podcast, Chris M. from the Chris's Trains and Things YouTube channel. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here tonight. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Chris. So like last time, we're going to make our way through the catalog starting on page eight. And we have some questions uh, that the good folks on the Matt and Matt Discord server already submitted for us. Uh, they've been reviewed by our, our good friend host, Matt Z. Uh, now, really quick, we are only covering the scale items tonight. The traditional and line chief will be covered in our next episode, which would be episode 57. Now, if nobody has any questions, uh, then uh, we can go ahead and get started. I'm going to jump in really quickly here, Matt. Um, for for those of you who ask questions on the discords, we appreciate everybody who contributed and that you wanted to ask these questions to Ryan. But if you don't hear your question, it's not anything personal. It's a thing where we kind of had to narrow it down for the sake of the show. And also, we want to make sure the questions that pertain specifically to items in the catalog. So uh, as much as we want to ask Ryan what's coming up next, uh, we want to make sure we stay on topic and that uh, we... Uh, we get some clarification questions out of the way. So just because you didn't hear your question, didn't mean we didn't read it. All questions are important. We just want to make sure we stay on topic for tonight. All right, folks. Well, let's go ahead and start on page eight. Now, before we get started, if you are following us in the catalog, a couple of quick tips. Um, I have mine open in uh, Adobe Reader. Um, I tend to use the uh, two-page view. Uh, if you click on view and then go to page display and go to two-page view, uh, you will get a nice, you know, large two-page view, kind of like you would if you were opening the catalog up. Um, but also, when you do that, you also may notice that the pages are not correct, meaning you're seeing like page nine and ten instead of page eight and nine. To fix that, you click on View, Page Display, and then click on Show Cover Page in Two-Page View, and that will shift everything over. Uh, and that way, when you're looking at page eight, you're seeing also seeing page nine or when if you're on page seven uh, or I think it's six and seven, you're actually seeing the entire big boy and not just like one half of the big boy. Again, just a really quick tip uh, if you're using uh, Adobe to kind of read this, it should work in some of the other uh, PDF readers as well. Uh, but uh, again, you know, just for maximum views, maximum viewing uh, of the catalog, it's best to view it pretty much in the two page view. All right. Well, without further ado, uh, let's go ahead and start on page 
eight and nine. And we are looking at, uh, of course, the uh, the big boys are back. Uh, the vision line big boys are back. And um, I'm actually pretty excited about these. I'm going to go ahead and open it up to the floor if anyone wants to chime in on these. Uh, I'll start off. I was uh, I, I know that when this was announced, obviously, uh, earlier before the catalog came out, there's been so much so much publicity out there about these things on the secondhand market. It only made sense to see them cataloged again. And it's really neat to see an added feature with the pop-off steam effect. That seems to be, uh, and Ryan, you can correct me, but it seems to be something that you guys are really starting to implement a lot more, uh, kind of master that code, I guess, that it seems to fit in a lot more models. So always cool when we can add more steam uh, and smoke pouring out of these things as they go around the layout. So I'm excited to see these things in action. Yeah, the uh, the pop off steam is it's a cool effect, uh, and it's also nice. I think on a locomotive like the big boy, where the whistle is so close to the smokestack, it it gets kind of muted when you've got all the smoke going. Sometimes you don't really get that effect as much. So when you can put some smoke a little bit further back on the locomotive, it really stands out nicely. Um, as long as it fits in there, it's a fun one to add. Uh, that's that's really visual and um, and and usually one of the more reliable ones too, because you're not trying to push smoke down like you are through the uh, uh the blow off or the, yeah the, the blow down or the uh, uh for example the, the niagara's and the hudson's in this catalog with the tender water scoop effect um you know it's just easier with the with the dynamics of things to have things like the the pop-offs they, they work well and they just add a neat neat, neat feature oh uh yeah i was gonna say that i i I was lucky enough to see one of these when we were visiting lionel uh, in december and uh the the pop-off valve steam effect looks really cool on this thing. So I'm uh, really looking forward to seeing the, the finished product. Uh, now I do have some questions, uh, Ryan, uh, from the, uh, from the discord server. Uh, the first one is, uh, and, and probably have an answer for this, but um, how come the, the big boys don't have any dynamos? That's a good question. Um, I know the 4014, they relocated some some dynamos on that. Uh, I, I'd have to go back and do some looking at the the tooling that we have and see uh, why they're not uh, where they where they're supposed to be uh, if they're not already there. Okay. Yeah, and maybe it's a tooling issue yeah. as well. So. Uh, and then a second question on the big boys is: uh, Will the oil burning 4014 a dead? I'm sorry, dual headlight like it does today? Um, that's something we can definitely look at. Um, I don't know that we called that out in the uh, in the original, um, but I'll make a note to check that on the art and see. Uh, we usually simulate that with the with just a little bit of paint, uh, so it would not be a difficult thing to add, like we did on the twelve eighteen uh, for the class A and, and some of the other ones. Um, but yeah, we could do that. We could do the pile headlight on there. That that shouldn't be difficult at all. Awesome. Yeah, and just so folks know. Uh, and you, Ryan, as well, is that I know you had mentioned some tips and some, uh, you know, some other items on these engines on your Facebook uh, video that you guys did when the catalog came out. So if some of these are duplicate questions, I do apologize. Um, but uh, obviously, folks that watch the Facebook feed may not uh, have or somebody, some folks may have missed it and didn't get a chance to. So, again, some of these questions may have been stuff that you answered already. Uh, but it's probably good just to go for go over them again for clarification purposes. Um, all right. 
Uh, anyone else uh, on the big boys? I was surprised that we didn't see a hot dog scheme of these after the challengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's been pretty popular. I got a couple questions. Um, and maybe one of them's answered in here and I didn't see it, but on the, on the big boys with the smoke deflectors, the smoke deflectors, can those be removed? Yes. Or are they those are magnetic, on there? So you can uh, take those off and on as, uh, as easily as you'd like. Uh, okay, to, cool. want to do that. Uh, the real one didn't wear it that long and um, you know, it gives you the best of both worlds. Cool. And then on the, uh, the super set, um, is you know do you know if the superset is going to come in a, in one big box or is it going to be a series of boxes or how's that going to work that's a good question uh, we're thinking probably its own uh, pallet with a forklift attached uh, <laughs> the, uh, everything in the set will be in will be individually boxed that i can say um we will have to do uh, some testing and drop testing to make sure it all fits in a single box and that that single box can actually you know be practically lifted and shipped um it's a big set with a lot of weight in it um we yeah just, I, I was thinking about that but i was like man that something that big has got to have a cool set box with it too <laughs> uh the goal is to put it all in a single set box and i think we can do it we did the um the up rocket booster train set and those arrived late in december and i think that was the biggest box i've seen up to this point but that had about 13 cars in it all together so um if we got all that in one box I think we can make this one happen too. Uh, but it, it definitely uh, is impressive when, when you just get the box, even before you open it up, it, it, it hits you. Um, guys, if you're planning on sneaking this in the house uh, when your <laughs> wife's not around, good luck. It, it's, it, this one may be a little bit hard to, to hide underneath the, uh, underneath the, the, uh, the bottom of the bed or whatever, wherever you're hiding your train. <laughs> this will take up uh, some serious real estate. Um, but there's well, been a lot know, of buzz over the, the set, and I'm I'm really happy to hear that. We wanted to do something that was truly big uh, to go with this. And the first concept of the set was, you know, a lot shorter. And we said, it just doesn't look right. You can't have a big boy and have like three or four freight cars behind it. That's not a big boy set. So we went the whole whole nine yards with, you know, the full three packs with the Vision Reefers and stock cars. Uh, the, the caboose, and then the box car in this is really cool because this will be the start of a series of Union Pacific World World War II poster art box cars. Uh, so you'll be seeing more of those in uh, C2 and 20, 2024 Volume 1. Uh, but this will be the first in the series and, and the only uh, set we released this this poster on. Uh, each set will have, each, each car will have a different poster and so forth. So some really neat art in there, and it'll be I think something a lot of people will, will want to have the full collection of. So uh, if you're wow. that kind of guy and you got to have the, have the, the full set of things, so we're, we're starting you off now with the big boy super set. <laughs> yeah, that thing's a killer. I, I, I don't have a loading dock in my house for this to get delivered. But you talk about trying to sneak it in my house. This box will be so big that there's no possible way my wife would conceive that it could possibly be a model train. So I'm not concerned about that. But I, <laughs> I, I do want to point saw. out, it's exactly, it's exactly it. This thing has seven speakers in this set, right? Three in the engine, one for the reefers, one for the stock cars, a sound box car, and then the sound caboose. Yeah, that's correct. You'll have a, a three, a seven speaker train set here. So I also need to buy two more ZWLs to power just, <laughs> just the sound, the sound system. 
Your, your ZWL will be fine. Do not try and run this thing off of a CW80. It, it's Fair not enough. Right. <laughs> oh man, I totally missed it. The caboose has sound. I've, that's that's. I don't think they've ever done that before. Yeah, can is you that, talk about that? that? Yeah the uh, the Vision caboose is something that's the last time we did a, a crew talk caboose was back in TMCC days. Um, so it's been a little while, um, but this one will have even more features than that. And I think it. It's one of the neater pieces in the set, to be honest. Um, it, it sort of functions a lot like, in terms of level of functionality, it's very similar to something like the um, the horse cars were, uh, or some of the, the Vision baggage car, for example. Uh, you have a variety of uh, crew talk sounds in there. You'll have the air whistle if you're making a backup move. Uh, and it'll have a track IR on there as well, which um, to me is pretty cool because if you're using our, our sensor tracks, now you can trigger functions when the train is finished passing by. So as the caboose passes over that sensor track, you can trigger it uh, to do things essentially as the train leaves that section of, of track. Uh, so for guys who are using that, um, it it's really has some, some neat potentials. And I can't wait to see some of the things guys do to operate their, you know, automate their layouts using sensor track and the, these cabooses. That's really neat. The, the rendering image of the set Brian, it looks like the caboose has smoke coming out of it. Is that just the image or is, will it have a smoke unit in there also? Uh, that's just from the image. Uh, there there okay. won't be any smoke in these. Yeah, with everything else we've got in there, um, the last thing I'd want to try and cram into that and cram in <laughs> around the electronics is a smoke unit. Uh, and I've always, personally, I've always found the smoking cabooses to be a little bit either overdone or underdone. You know, to do it right, you don't really notice the smoke at all if the train's mm -hmm. moving and to to do it to where you see the smoke, it looks like uh, they've got a fire going on inside that thing. So, um, yeah, the, the smoking caboose, not on this one, but you've got the electrocoupler, you've got the, the LED uh, marker lights on the end and, and interior lights. We'll get as much of an interior detail-wise in there as we can, of course. Uh, some of the pieces of the normal interior will be taken out to make room for the electronics. Uh, but it, it's a it's a full full-featured car and really will, will be a nice complement to the locomotive at the other end of the train. Yeah, that'll be neat. Yeah, super excited for these cabooses. I, I, I'm familiar with the ones from the TMCC days. Um, I've yet to have Matt over there actually play with his when I'm around. Matt, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> um, well, these, uh, mind from correct me if I'm wrong, Matt. Didn't the TMCC ones used to communicate with the engine too, or am I thinking something else? Um, there was a deliberate pause put in. Um, if you made them the same the same engine number so you made the tmcc caboose and your engine the same number that's why there's a when you hit seven button seven there's a pause in there because apparently when you hit seven the caboose would uh, say it's it's you know line or script and then the engine would go ahead and, and process its dialogue as well um and i at least i remember that's why they had that in there it's cool. Yeah, it's nice to see a, a modern successor to that um, with with its own features and, and sounds. I'm, I'm very curious how these will turn out. I definitely will be picking one up for sure um, for, for the big boy. I also plan to pick up. So uh, nice to see these returning. How about you, Matt? You want to grab one? Uh, yes, I do plan on pre-ordering one of the Mission Big Boys. Um, actually, uh, I'm going to pre-order the Mr. Muffin one, which is the... Uh, the 4,000 as delivered with the big boy chalk on the front. And of course, as delivered is uh, coal burning. So uh, looking forward to uh, 
to having this delivered. And of course, you know, uh, back on the Vision Boy superset, we are forgetting uh, some people on this. So we we do want to apologize to all the UPS and FedEx drivers out there uh, we'll, <laughs> that will have to <laughs> bring this to your front door. <laughs> Who needs a front door? Yeah, but see, you have a, a, a sunroof? Well, just knock the window out and, and lift it down with the crane. Come on. There you go. <laughs> um, we do have a jump back uh, a page with the UP passenger cars. Uh, we did have a question uh, on those. Do you guys plan on doing any um, power, more power cars or sleepers in the future? I don't. I don't particularly like to ask you about like, you know, hey, what's coming in the next uh, catalog? But because we're seeing obviously a lot of UP cars here, um, are there plans for more UP cars? We've definitely had a lot of requests for some of the, you know, unique power cars and things like that, that 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 train has. Uh, And I have definitely not ruled them out uh, for future production. But the one thing I would would say at this point is, you know, the tooling budget for this catalog was already pretty well maxed out. Um, you'll see some more UP things coming uh, down the road, of course. Uh, and, and some of that was intentional uh, as I wanted to spread some things out so that if you were buying a big boy, you didn't feel like you had to buy, um, you know, everything that would go with it. If you, if you all at once, uh, sometimes it's nice to spread some of those things out a little bit. Uh, so you'll be seeing some more UP and some more things that will go back with this or, your challengers or your, uh, you know, other locomotives uh, over the next couple of catalogs as well. Uh, the generator cars are a little bit further out. Uh, so they're not really in there right now with everything else we have uh, stuffed into the tooling budget, but uh, they're certainly on the, the list for down the road uh, as we as we have some room in the tooling budget to add those in there. Okay, excellent. Thank you. I like the sound of all of that. Thank you. <laughs> spread, spread spreading out the love is much appreciated ryan thank you the wall can only take so much <laughs> um do we just kind of piggybacking off of the uh the pasture cars here i know some folks were also curious on their the i see the announcement of a new station sounds car i think the last one we got was the frontier days excursion i know that's one that matt and i also have uh do we have any ideas of what potential announcements are on this one or is it too early in the game to to know quite yet have not picked out the name for the uh, announcement car on this one yet. No, uh, we'll do something different than the Frontier Days. Uh, the last time we did this particular passenger car was in the George Bush funeral train set, so we definitely won't be using that uh, that uh, train name. Um, so we'll, we'll come up with something. Uh, if anybody has any ideas or suggestions, by all means, feel free to send them our way. I got one more question on the on the superset. I, I think I know the answer. I just wanted to make sure. But that big boy, that's a coal burning one, correct? Correct. Yes. The only oil okay. burner we're doing in this uh, this round is the forty fourteen excursion. Okay. Cool. I wish it had smoke. I wish the uh, one in the set had the uh, smoke deflectors, but oh well. <laughs> Actually, I have a question based off that um, for one of our, at least uh, my last big boy question from our community was um, people were asking if it'd be possible, if it's just by an off chance, would any of the smoke deflectors be backwards compatible with, uh, with the previous ones? I know it's a long shot, but folks were curious. Um. I don't know the answer to that one off the top of my head. Uh, they're, they're magnetic. There's a good chance that they would fit on there. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at our prototype, which I'll, I'll see it uh, here uh, uh, very shortly. I just don't have it in front of me here tonight. 
Um, and I'll look and see if there would be a way to do that. I can't say for sure that they will. There may be magnets added in underneath the uh, walkways as well to help secure those. Um, but uh, certainly if you had a little bit of ingenuity uh, and are willing to do a little bit of, you know, actual model modeling in your, in your model railroad hobby, uh, rigging up a way to attach them wouldn't be an issue. They, they will be sized just right. Um, so that wouldn't be a problem. Cool. Cool. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's definitely a little bit of an odder question, but uh, something that folks are curious. So thank you. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to page 14. Uh, and 15, which is which is the uh, the new uh, vision, not the new, but the re-released vision reefer sets. And I do have a question on that. Um, do you know, uh, Ryan, if these will have uh, the same sound set as previous runs uh, or will these be updated sound sets in these reefers? Uh, right now, these are set to have the same sound sets as previous runs. Uh, we, we may tweak a few things, but I don't see any major changes um, coming in these right now. Okay. Uh, anyone else um, have anything in the reefers? Okay. Uh, not me. All right. Let's go ahead and move to page uh, 16 and 17. And uh, looks like we're getting some uh, more vision stock cars. And uh, we have a new animal to bring into the zoo here, which is the sheep. Uh, so I'm excited about that. I'm a big fan of the uh, the animal kind of stock cars. So I think I've collected them all so far. So I'm looking forward to adding some sheep into my collection. It's, it's sheer excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I kind of know. I kind of want to know what's after sheep. Are you guys going to do like chickens? <laughs> uh, well, the, the poultry cars were definitely a thing, but the the look of a poultry car is very different. Um, on the outside than uh, any of the other single or bi-level stock cars. Uh, these will be the bi-level type. Uh, the door on, on the art isn't quite right on these, but these will have the bi-level like the uh, the hog cars. The that pig we hogs, okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, a, a vision chicken car is definitely something that uh, is in the back of my mind uh, and something that would be fun to do. Um, those cars actually rode with an attendant the entire time. And I cannot really imagine a worse job than that. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> uh, the, the dialogue would be a, a very interesting one if we could pull off the chicken car. <laughs> Get me the heck out of here. <laughs> well, if you've ever driven past a chicken farm, you already have a sense of what that would be like. And imagine being yeah. stuck in there for uh, hours on end with, uh, you know, a few hundred head of angry chickens. I, I don't think it was yeah, very pleasant. Yeah. It's not, it's not pleasant. That's my commute every day. It's not pleasant. <laughs> these, these are, these are really, really nice. It, it makes me, when I saw these in here, I immediately got the, uh, the instant regret of having not started collecting these back in the day when they start first started coming out. Uh, but the, the sheep are neat. Uh, I, I look forward to the goats, hopefully in the future, you can have uh, fun with a quilling goat, I'm sure. And monkeys. I was going to say monkeys. Yeah, I got to have a circus trade. I, I've been threatening Matt R with buying him one of the old QSI sound cards for monkey sounds and putting him one of his stock cards and not telling him. So maybe maybe we can maybe we can make him buy one. <laughs> hey, I do have a quick question on the stock cars, but it's sort of going backwards. Uh, the stock cars that are in the super set are those going to have the sheep sounds as well? Yes, those will also have the sheep sounds. 
Okay, yep. right, right on. Cool. Yep. And the the UP stock cars that are in the set, same with the reefers. They have different road numbers than the separate sale three packs of these cars. So if you want to do a longer train, uh, you you could you know have six cars with different numbers uh, for, with the stock cars cool. for UP. Right on. All right, uh, let's go ahead and move into uh, Steam here. Uh, and on page 20 and 21, and I do have to say, Ryan, thank you. Uh, I have been asking for uh, streamlined steam engines for a while here, and uh, you delivered. So these are absolutely fantastic looking. You've probably made a lot of uh, New York Central fans very, very happy uh, with these offerings. Well, I certainly hope so. This is one that's been out of the Lionel catalog for far too long. So uh, it's it's such an iconic locomotive. You know, even as a Pennsylvania Railroad guy, I think this is one of the nicest looking steam locomotives ever ever designed. So um, I'm really happy to have it back in the line. You know, again, new tooling uh, for the for the boiler and everything. Uh, it's going to be a sharp engine, and we worked a lot of things into this that you know our previous Hudsons and and never had with the modularity of the uh, streamlining that can come off appropriately for different eras, uh, the different styles of drivers, of course, the PT tender with the extra smoke effects, uh, lots of really nice uh, features on this one. And uh, between this and the, the passenger cars to match, it's going to be uh, a very sharp, sharp looking uh, train. Yeah, I'm really excited about this one. The uh, especially with the the multiple versions with the streamlining, like you were saying, and uh, that PT tender with the uh, scoop effect. I, uh, that's the one I'm getting. So <laughs> that's uh, I'm excited about that as well. That uh, that the one that's uh, like a darker is that a dark gray or is it like a blue gray? What what, what color? It'll be it'll be a dark gray. That? So we we reverse the colors on that. Um, after, after these engines have all been de-streamlined and we're back in the regular pool, uh, the New York central went and sort of switched the colors out on the passenger cars to a dark, dark gray predominant with a light gray stripe, as opposed to the earlier 20th centuries that were reversed to that. And so we just took sort of the idea of, well, what if the, the locomotive stayed around and they, they did the same with the engine. Um, and I think it actually looks pretty darn, darn sharp. Um, the other one, which you'll probably see up on our uh, online store here very soon, uh, that isn't in the catalog, but it'll be our online store exclusive Lionel uh, locomotive of the year for the store. Uh, that will also be a, a Hudson. And we have a new um, color finish paint that will be going on that, that has a, I don't even really know how to describe it. It's almost a bit of a color changing from a blue to a, you know, from between two different shades of blue. That's uh, very striking when you see it in person. Um, no real way to adequately illustrate it in the catalog. We'll have to uh, show some some samples when we get the the paints and whatnot for people to see. Uh, but highly encourage people when you see that if you if you like something that's a little bit different, um, take a look at that because it's going to be a, a beautiful locomotive. Would look really nice with the um, 120th passenger cars that came out a few years ago, um, as well as you know anything else. But the a, a really nice dazzling uh, uh, blue finish and uh, with orange accents and everything else. So there's another one to take a look for um, online. That's great. I know you, I know there's, you can't give like an, an official answer on this, but this is a question that we had. Um, will it be possible to, to run these on like 060 curves? I mean, I know, I know there's the Hudson 
but maybe maybe we're at the mercy of the tender. Yeah, no, we did check this and 060 we can definitely do. 060 is doable. I can't promise 054, but 060 okay. you should be good on with either tender. Uh, Dave was able to put that on the test track um, and and make sure that it would work. So we're pretty confident 060 you won't have any problems on these. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and then I have another kind of two-part question here. Uh, will these Dreyfus engines be more of the medium type of gray that was prototypical and that Lionel did in the previous run of the Dreyfus? Or are they going to be like a really light gray kind of boarding out a white paint scheme that's represented in the catalog? They'll definitely be a more medium gray. Um, okay. the, the color of New York Central Hudson's is very debated to the point that I think the the accepted answer now is that there is no answer um, for for this particular, you know, year and, and time for, for this paint. A uh, lot of theories about it um, and, and on how light or dark it was. Uh, but the general consensus is that sort of a medium gray is, is right uh, for these. Uh, as soon as I have, and I, I've asked this, the factory to send us a, uh, a sample of the gray before, you know, they start anything else in production. Uh, deco wise as soon as we have a sample of that that i can uh, put up and post so people have a sense of, of what they're going to look like i plan to do that because i know it's one of those those big questions with these is, is it going to match uh, we will do our best to make sure that the passenger cars also match the locomotive um, the reason I, I say that we'll do our best is not just because they're done in different factories but because plastic and metal you don't always get exactly the same finish you know sometimes you can get a little bit of a variation there even if you take the paint out of the same uh, bottle and paint both, you'll see a little bit of a difference. Um, but uh, I, one thing I absolutely cannot promise is that these will match any other rolling stock you may have from previous Lionel releases, MTH, Third Rail, uh, K-Line, Weaver, you name it. Um, everyone has their own take of New York Central Gray. Um, so your mileage will probably vary depending on what you, what you want to pair this with. Yeah, and that, that's that's a totally fair answer, too. Uh, and the last que uh, question we had was, are these going to have ground lights? Uh, I don't have any ground lights called out on them right now. Uh, I'm not sure if the, if the prototype had them, where they would be located. Um, is one thing I have heard, uh, uh, you know, people saying they'd like to, to see on here. But uh, I don't know if that's a, hey, we'd like to see these on here because it would look cool, or, hey, these should be on here because they should be on here uh, type <laughs> gotcha. of question. Okay, yeah, I don't know either, uh, but uh, it was it was asked by one of our uh, our, our uh, Discord members, so appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. If someone has some uh, some information that they can pass along to me, uh, by all means, please do, and I'll look into it. Uh, you know, we we have the design done. We're working on tooling now, but uh, ground lights would not be a difficult thing to add to a locomotive like this if it's if I know where to put them and if they're prototypical. I have a question about the passenger cars, Ryan. The and the this set, the 20th Century Limited diner car, and then there later on with the Aberdeen set too. You guys have started to do a two pack for the diners. Um, just wanted to see if you could talk about your reasoning behind going with a, a two pack for diners as opposed to just the single car like before. Oh, sure. Um, in this case, we're doing it because the the train ran with two diners. Uh, and the same is true for the uh, AC and W. They have a pair of cars that uh, are used together uh, on their trains. Uh, we did this for the Broadway Limited, I believe, as well, where the train had a kitchen car and a full full dining car. 
the the 20th century was a little bit different in that the two dining cars were identical. They just turned them, uh, you know, dining end to dining end, um, and uh, and ran them as a single unit. So the 20th century always had uh, two diners. Uh, I, I, of course, I should say always in quotes, but always as far as any any research goes or any official documents go. So to model the train right, you'd you'd need two cars. Um, doing it as a two pack also sort of gets us there a little bit less expensively than saying, well, just buy two station sounds diners, right? You don't need two two dining cars with sound. So one of these will have the sound, one of them will have uh, the lighted interior. And uh, that way you don't have to buy two sound cars to get uh, the accurate uh, paired, paired dining car on these. Fair enough. Thank you. Yeah, I have a feeling, my gut feeling on this New York Central's uh, 20th, 20th Century Limiteds are that I think you're going to get a lot of people who aren't like New York Central fans just to just to buy these because they're just so absolutely just gorgeous looking. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's it's been a while since we've had a really like true, like streamlined steam engine. So I think these are to me, I think these are probably uh, they're definitely the most talked about item, at least from, you know, all of the forums and Facebook and Discord that I've been in. So these are really exciting. Well, thank you for that. And it, it's we always release our vision engine a little bit early, but selfishly in this catalog, it was nice to get that one out a few months early because it it allowed for that buzz to happen and take place. And then knowing that this was coming, uh, you know, there was still a big hurrah when when this came out. It was also fun reading all the big boy posts of why can't they do something new like a Dreyfus Hudson. Uh, and and chuckling as we read all those. Uh, but, uh, I, I, the reason that you see this and the big boy on the cover is because they're both just two of the most iconic locomotives in, in all of railroading, right? When you think iconic locomotive shapes, you think Dreyfus Hudson, you think big boy, you think GG1, you think, you know, E or F units from EMD. Those are the just the faces of railroading that everybody knows. Even if you don't really know trains, you probably know this train where you've seen it somewhere. Um, this is one that, you know, in the office, when I said this is the next engine we're going to do, everyone, whether they were train people or not, was like, yes, we're doing that. That is, you know, that is a, a beautiful locomotive and it needs to happen. So um, it was only natural that it should be one of the, the cover girls. And I said, you know, we do a cover with a, a Dreyfus and a big boy on it. And uh, if that doesn't make people want to grab the catalog and start going through it, I don't know what would, you know, you don't have a pulse if you don't like this stuff. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't have to be a central guy. You don't have to be a UP guy to, to like these locomotives. And I think that's why the big boy continues to be such a big seller for us and, and everyone else. People just know it and love it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, if, does anyone else have any other comments or questions on the 20th Century Limited? Otherwise, we'll go ahead and move on. All right. Uh, moving on to page 24 and 25, we have the Russian Decapod. And uh, these are pretty cool, especially one of them, which is uh, obviously uh, very close to us uh, Chicagoland people. Um, Chris, go ahead. You had a Raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I'm excited to see these in the catalog. I, I think they're, they're just so neat, but the one that really stands out to me is the Erie uh, version here with the blue boiler. So is that going to be, is that blue going to be like the Russian iron that we saw on 
the NLOE Camelback from a few years ago, or is it going to be more of a dark navy blue? That will be the same Russia Iron Blue that that NLOE Camelback uh, had on it. Uh, and that'll be the same blue we put on the uh, the Camelback in this catalog that has that that boiler as well. Okay. Uh, it, it turned out beautifully. That, that model, that NLOE uh, Camelback, for those who hadn't seen it, um, is one of the, the most beautiful camelbacks we, we've made and uh, looking through photos of the you know the eerie they did have a number of these engines that had that uh, bluish boiler to them and i think it really makes this one jump out uh it sets it apart from some of the other other models and for my money is probably the most attractive of the of the bunch yeah i would agree I, i'm thrilled to hear you say that that's going to be the same color because that camelback is absolutely stunning so this will be really cool to see when it's uh, when it's finished now i do have several questions on the decapod so uh <laughs> there's, there's a good amount of them uh so first thing first here um i know you had kind of explained this on the facebook and the youtube stream uh, but the wired tether, can you just explain that for the folks around why this has a wired tether? Sure, sure. Um, this has a wired tether because the electronics for this have to go in the tender. There is just no way to put our electronics PCB in this boiler. It is way too small. Uh, so the, the boards are located in the tender, uh, and that, that leads to a, a wired tether to connect um, all the the smarts to the uh, the motor and uh, and all the smoke units etc. Um, no way around it on this one. Uh, it does also give us the ability, however, that we can put pickups on the tender and pickups on the locomotive. So you will get uh, more uh, a larger contact area uh, if you're running this at slow speeds and you're running it through switches and so forth. That's always a plus uh, on on your track work. So lots of advantages to it. Uh, it's certainly not something we like to do. We like to put the boards in the in the locomotive and use the wireless tether as much as possible. It's actually, I think, a lot easier on us from a, a manufacturing and a programming uh, standpoint. But with this one, it just wasn't going to happen. I've, I've just got a side question. Was the um, the previous 060 from the 2022 volume one, was that did they have the tether for the same reason because you had to put all the electronics in the tender? Yeah, the, t the tether for the electronics and also on that to an extent with the switchers, we really do like to have the tender pickups because you don't have you have that small rigid wheelbase, and uh, even on yeah. even as big as it is in in uh, in O gauge and with the third rail pickup, uh, that can be an issue for you when you're when you're creeping at slow speeds and going through switches, which yeah. kind of what you want to do with a switcher. So uh, having the extra pickups on the on the 060 really helps out with that. We've done that in the past with uh, the Pensy B6, with the, uh, I believe the 080s, the last time we ran those in Legacy had a tender pickup. Uh, it just yep. uh, just makes it easier for everything to fit. Um, gives us room. In, in that case, again, the boiler is very small. We, I don't think could have fit the board in there, even if we had, had wanted to as an option. Um, and you, you just got to find a, a place for the electronics to fit. Uh, and so on some of these small steam engines, that ends up being being the tender 
Yeah, these engines are pretty small. I can attest. I've got uh, I actually recently got a Decapod from the MTH, well, from the MTH days, and they I opened mine up and there is no room inside that boiler. There is nothing. There's enough for a motor and smoking it, and that's as far as I was able to get. I could see them cramming in there, so I don't blame you guys one bit. Yeah, even I mean, we couldn't even get a a whistle steam smoke unit in these. Uh, you can barely get a single smoke unit uh, in this engine. It just fits inside that that smoke box. Um, so we would, we did, however, get, get the swinging bell on, on all of these, except for the, the Frisco, uh, just because it's out there in front of the smoke box. Uh, but for all the other locomotives, we were able to get the swinging bell in, which is a nice compromise if we can't do uh, whistle steam. Yeah, I agree. And I do like having that tether on the, on these small things. Cause it's, it, uh, like you were saying, you go, th- you're, you're going through switches and, and something this small, it's going to conk out if you, if you don't have a, you don't have a broad pickup base. So, yeah. Kind of piggybacking off of that a little bit here. Uh, you mentioned the 1630, which I cannot express how many people were so excited about this engine when they saw it. As a Chicagoan, seeing 1630 riding behind it, it is fantastic to see that engine. However, I would be crucified if I did not ask this on behalf of the people who have been to IRM. I know this is a standard steam engine in the line, and it's not any brass hybrid or vision line model. Would you guys ever consider putting going out to record the actual sounds? Because I know this is a big make or break for a lot of people. Uh, it's funny you should ask that. Um, just yesterday, uh, we received a contact from IRM inviting us to do uh, just that. And so uh, we're working on trying to make that happen. Uh, I can't give you a definite yes on that right now, but in all likelihood, yes, we will be making a trip to IRM uh, early this summer to record the 1630. And, you know, they've they've got a few other things out there, too. So we'll probably try and uh, and, and get a lot out of that trip. I think it'll be really, really worthwhile. Um, so they've they've definitely stepped up to the plate and offered to help us in any way that, that they can. Um I've been there once before. It's been quite a few years, and I'm hoping I get the chance to go back. Uh, I knew this one would be a very popular one for people uh, because it had not, it had not been done before in O gauge, and that was a, a pretty big oversight. Uh, I know there are some differences between this and the other other Russians. Uh, it being a Baldwin built and so forth. We are making some tooling changes uh, to get this one, uh, if not a hundred percent, at least significantly closer. Um, so we're doing a separate boiler uh, tool for this, and uh, probably the majority of the tooling budget we're spending on this locomotive, uh, aside from making it uh, legacy and the things we have to do to do that, uh, the biggest the biggest tooling spend in terms of a detail perspective is certainly on the 1630. So um, very excited to bring this one out and, and do the engine justice. Uh, it's a neat locomotive, and you're going to have Russian uh, decapods in your catalog to not do 1630 is kind of a crime against humanity. So we, we, we want to make, get this one out there. And uh, if we have the opportunity and can make it all work, yes, having, uh, having the sounds from the real locomotive uh, is the best way to go on these. Ryan, I just placed my pre-order, man. I was, I was content. I didn't need anything else. And, and now you've, you've sealed my fate here. Uh, funny enough, we actually, uh, I actually know the guy who nudged the, uh, the steam department to reach out to you guys. So that's, that's, that's good to hear that, uh, you guys received their, uh, their email, but, um, yeah, a lot of folks are very excited. It was probably the second most asked about engine we, we had during our, uh, our catalog, uh, talk on our server. So this one's very hyped. A lot of people are very excited. Yeah, this is, 
I think the steam section of this catalog in particular is probably the best round of steam locomotives that I can recall. Maybe 2014 when we had the big boy, the cab forward and the nickel plate Burks and, the, and an M1 and all that in there. That was a pretty darn good one too. But for overall balance geographically and size and scope for the locomotives, I felt like as I went through this catalog again for the first time, you know, in the review phase, you, you put all this stuff together and then you sort of walk away from it for a while and move on to other things. And then you come back to it as it starts to pull together. And I remember just going through the page of this going, darn, this is a good catalog. <laughs> you know, every page on this is going to hit somebody in a, in a way that, that means something. And this, the 1630 here, uh, and even some of the other decapods as well, um, you know, for other, other roads, I think will will be make a lot of people very happy. Uh, I will point out for the Philadelphia and Reading fans, if there's any of you listening, yes, the number did get transposed in the art. And yes, that's already been corrected in the art. It will be 1126 uh, and not 1162 uh, in the production. So uh, that'll be good to go. Yeah, I'm having a hard time deciding between these. I love the the Frisco and the, and the Erie and uh uh, probably gonna have to flip a coin to decide which one to get. <laughs> yeah, both of those seem like obvious front runners. Um, I actually I like the USA and the Reading versions because they're so close to the as built and they have that uh, that funky railing around them everything and they're just uh, they're a very different looking locomotive. Yeah, I actually initially wrote down the uh, the Minneapolis Northfield one, but uh, I, I I had a question mark next to it because I just I just can't make up my mind. And the great thing about Russians is there's plenty of other road names we can do on this. Uh, I actually tried to stay away from some of the road names that MTH had done frequently uh, and hit some things that hadn't been done as at least as often or as recently on these. So future runs of these are definitely planned. If you didn't see the uh, paint scheme you you want right now. Just, just give me some time. Awesome, awesome. I got a couple other questions from our community as well. Now, um, since this is going to be a wired tether, this I, I'm not sure how applicable this will be to this particular engine. But some folks were curious on things such as kinematic drawbar or uh, ash panglo. Not really sure about kinematic, but uh, will we be seeing ash panglo in this engine as well? Uh, these, if I recall correctly, do have the ash panglo. Uh, I think okay. that's, that shows a little bit in the art, but it's always hard to tell. Uh, Ash yeah, Pango, I'm, see it I'm pretty sure on that one. Um, kinematic, I don't know if I would define this as kinematic or not, but it's it's a close draw bar. Um, it, is a, it is a very nice tight draw bar. We've done everything we can recently to try and pull those in um, and, and get the tender distance, something a little bit more reasonable on, on steam locomotives. Gotcha. I think the, the last one here, um, this kind of coincides with what you said previously. Uh, this is, again, to, uh, some folks were asking about 1630. Um, we're asking if there were going to be uh, the steam was the whistle was going to be uh, coming from the steam dome. Um, or uh, they were also asking about if there's going to be like a headlight visor on, on 1630, since that's a really big defining feature for the engine as well. Yes. Uh, visor headlight and uh, whistle on the steam dome are, are doable. Mm -hmm. That they'll have. Awesome, awesome. It also has the, the scalloped uh, uh, coonskin number board as well. Oh, it's perfect. It's hard to pick out in the catalog, but we definitely have that detail on there. Very excited, very excited. Awesome. Uh, anybody else got any questions about the Decapod? All 
All right, uh, let's uh, move on over to the uh, Pensy Decapod, which, uh, Chris, you're our resident uh, Pensy guy. Do you want to take yeah. the lead and introduce this one here? Yeah, so I was uh, delighted to hear that this was going to be in the catalog. I've been waiting for this for a long time. So, And then not only delighted to see it, but then blown away by just the amount of options that are cataloged. I mean, there's only four four images here plus the hippo set later on, but then each one there's, you know, there's eight just on this one page alone. So it's endless. I, I'm just, I'm happy to see them. Uh, I've already ordered one pre-ordered one. So pre-ordered a short tender. So we'll see what happens between now and, and the deadline. If a, if a long haul tender gets added as well, we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Easily, easily my favorite Pensy steam locomotive. Um, and glad to finally put these in a Lionel catalog as well. Um, and, you know, there were 600 of these or so on, on the Pensy, so variations of plenty. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll be doing more runs of these down the road as well, and there's still some more tender options we have to put behind them. Um, probably could have done 30 SKUs of these in the catalog, but uh, you got to pace it out a little bit for, for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate that. What are some of so what can you talk? Are there some differences between them other than the paint on the cab roof and tender deck? Sure. So the 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 two biggest detail differences are the tenders, obviously, and then the front end details. Um you have what we call the pre-war and the post-war versions. And this is pretty common across most Pensy Steam. Uh, that uh, during the war years they started relocating the uh, headlight to the top of the smoke box and pulling the uh, dynamo forward uh, onto the platform where the, the headlight would have been prior to the war uh, made it easier to, for, for maintenance purposes. Uh, the I-1 didn't change the look as much as some of the other engines where they also added the, uh, the platform sort of lower down on the smoke box front. Uh, you already had that over top of the air tanks on the I-1, so that was already there. Um, but that's your, your biggest difference uh, pre and post-war uh, on these um, they didn't all get the treatment. So for the Lionel versions here, I, I wanted to mix and match. So you've got two with the short tender uh, in the pre-war and two short tenders with the post-war. And then with the long hauls, you've got two pre-war and two post-war. The numbers will be the same uh, as the one shown in the catalog. The one that's not shown is the same as the one that is shown. For the, um, for the pre-war details and the long haul tender, Everything that I found on the locomotives that had the tender that we've got here, which is basically the same tender as the, the Q1s had, those came post-war. So I did find prototypical photos of pre-war front ends with the long-haul tender uh, that we're using, but they would have already been past that point in time when the roofs would have been painted the, the red and the tender decks would have been painted red. So that's why all the long-haul variations have the, uh, the dark green uh, tops to them. Uh, and then with the, uh, the the short tenders, again, following the war, a lot of that red painting started to go by the wayside. So uh, typically you would see uh, a dark green cab roof and, and tender deck at that point. Uh, people who know Pensy know that there were exceptions to every rule. And you also know that no matter what color they put on that cab roof, it could have been bright pink. You never would have known it under the two inches of soot that were on top of these things. So uh, they didn't get the I-1s didn't get washed all that regularly from what I can tell from photos. Uh, so for the, for the guys who are looking for a pre-war look, uh, truly pre-war look, you want to look at the short tender and, and 
early front end. Uh, but for the, the 40s and 50s, uh, really almost any of these will will fly for you because they had all sorts of variations. As I said, there were almost 600 of these things on the roster. No two of them were exactly the same. Uh, so you've, you've got plenty of room for variety. Yeah, these are these are just awesome. I'm just elated. I don't have any questions. I'm just happy to see them. Yeah, me too. I already already got it on my pre-order list. The short tender one. Chris. Oh, I was gonna say, Chris, did you get a short tender one or the long tender? I went with a short tender. Okay. Yeah. Did you get the uh the one with the red roof? I did, yeah. Forty two yeah. fifty. The one that's not shown is the one that I went with. Yeah. Right on. Yep. The nice thing is now I have a twenty eight inch turntable on my layout and I can still fit the long tender one if I wanted to, which is nice. So it just adds more options for down the road, I guess. Seems I've gotten a lot of locomotives with long tenders lately, so I'm I was kind of looking forward to a short tender, so that's why I went with that one. I just got that two ten four that has that massive tender, so <laughs> I was uh, I was like, I'll get a short tender for a change. Uh, I do, so I do have some questions uh, from the Discord server. Uh, now I'm not a Pensy guy, so apologize if I say something incorrect here. So I'm sure Chris can correct me. Uh, so <laughs> this is kind of a I don't know one, a two parter, three parter. I don't know. Uh, will the early era short tender version of the L1 have the proper shade of freight color red on the cab roof and tender deck? Okay, so. This will be one of those, another one of those is the color right questions. Uh, the freight car red that we're using now for the tender deck uh, is as, as close as I can find as something that will be accurate for Pensy freight car color. The paint diagrams and specifications for the PRR in this period called for the tender deck to be freight car red and the cab roof to be a mixture of freight car red and black. There's nothing prescribing the ratio of red to black. Uh, and it looks like the shops kind of took that up on their own. Uh, but the the official Pensy paint color codes call for that roof to be a darker red than the tender deck. And that's why you see them illustrated that way in the catalog and why we've done them that way uh, several times over. Um, there's a lot of dispute over what is a proper freight car red. Uh, again, I think people have gotten used to different things over the years for both Pensy freight car red and Tuscan red. Uh, to where some people picture it a lot more brown, uh, some people picture it a lot more uh, light uh, from sun fading. It depends on the on the car and the, the time and, and the year and so forth. Uh, but there's a pretty good variety of uh, of what's except if sort of considered normal in uh, Pensy freight car red. Uh, and again, when you're talking rosters as large as the Pennsylvania uh, and equipment that stays in service for a long time, and um, it's you know, freight cars, it, they 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 weather and they age. And uh, if you look down a string of cars, you were going to see variety on the real thing too. So uh, that's the reason for the, the two color reds um, from a, a Pensy perspective. While it looks kind of odd in model form, that is the correct way to do it. Gotcha. Thank you for that clarification. Uh, are the long haul tenders going to have train phone antennas? These do not. 
again, because the photos I found of these locomotive numbers with these tenders did not have train phone antenna from what I could see in any of the photos. Uh, so we did not include them on these models. Down the road, uh, Pensy I-1s with train phone equipped tenders, definitely an option. Gotcha. And I have another question. Now, this might be a question that's more of a general question for steam engines, but somebody had asked if the force coupler feature was something that could be added to this, but or is that something that's just only on Vision Line models at this time? Um, it's it's not restricted only to Vision Line. Um, it, it did not get added uh, into this this locomotive, um, but it, it is something we could look at and something we're trying to bring into to more and more of the of the engines. Okay, excellent. All right, moving on to. Uh, a page uh, to more of my liking. So, <laughs> all right, we got the uh, Santa Fe 2900s uh, Northerns. These are uh, absolutely fantastic, um, especially I'll have to tell you, uh, Ryan, that Blue Goose, you guys, th that that is well done. Thank you. Thank you. We are going to adjust the colors a little bit over the 3751 uh class northern that we did the last time around uh especially on that lighter blue um gonna make it a little bit a little bit less of an it's a boy locomotive um and get something a, a little bit so this is a little bit more of a grayish i don't want to say silver blue but i think you get the idea of what i'm i'm going at here yeah well this is also more of a two-tone as yes. well whereas yes. the 3751 was was almost pretty much all blue mm-hmm yeah the, uh these are great um Let's see, we have look for any questions here. So, will all or any of the versions have the correct box pock type B drivers and roller bearing rods? Uh, we have the the drivers that we're using on this are what uh, we had from MTH. I, I did not uh, retool the drivers uh, or the or the rods on this. All right. Second question: Will the driver color on the Blue Goose be black or blue or something else? Uh, we're showing yeah, this black here. Ask as well. uh, yeah, I'm going to keep them black. I think too much blue, and they start to look. It, it, it starts to overpower the engine. So having the black on the drivers and the the, the trucks sort of keeps everything in balance on on this this scheme. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I yeah, I love that blue gears. That's got me all over it. And uh, you know, I've I've always been kicking myself that I didn't order the last time you guys did one of these blue four, eight, fours. I think it was in 2019. I think that's what the one we were talking about. But, uh, so I, as soon as I saw that, I said, yeah, yep. Yeah, going to get that. Super excited about it. Which one are you going to get Eric? Oh, the, uh, I'm going to get the blue goose one. Okay. Yeah. Cause the, yeah, because they did they did a, a blue four eight four in twenty nineteen. It it wasn't I don't know if it was really meant to be a blue goose, but it was. Uh, I think that's the one Ryan was talking about, where it was, it was kind of a it's a boy blue. And I always kick myself for not getting that. And so when I saw this, I said, yeah, "I'm getting that this time. I'm not gonna not gonna not gonna let it go by." <laughs> so, uh, anyone else have any uh, comments or questions uh, on the uh, Santa Fe Northerns? Just a cool engine. I'm really excited to see uh, 2926 and uh, this this run. I know that's an engine that's getting a lot of hype because it was just restored, and everybody's itching to see that thing go on the main line soon. So, B 
being able to have a restoration version and an in-service version is is really cool. Is this the one that has the, um, th do they have the multiple smokestacks on this or is that something else I'm thinking of? Yeah, these ones. Well, we didn't actually call that out as a feature in the catalog. I'm just now noticing. I'm actually glad you mentioned it, Eric. But yeah, the the boiler on these is the same boiler uh, that we used on the 2900, or sorry, the 5000, uh, the Texas engines, which is the same thing the Santa Fe did. Uh, it was the same engine from the uh, the boiler and all that. It was just a different uh, set of running gear underneath her. Um, so yeah, we that tooling's already there. There's the interchangeable stacks to do the the raising and lowering. Uh, if you want to do the raised stack. Uh, you can do that on these as well. That's great. I'm guessing the tender is exactly the same too, because they look pretty much identical. Yep. They had the same tenders too. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Great job on these. I, this is definitely one that I will be picking up as well. All right, let's go ahead and move on to page 30 and 31. We have some camelbacks. I have this. Yeah, I have to say the the one the Atlantic City Railroad one just looks like an absolute knockout model. Those uh, the colors on that, the red drivers, just or side rods rather, just looks really really neat. That's such a cool cool look. I uh, I was messaging a buddy when we were looking at the catalog and talking about okay, I guess if that's when I go with. I got to figure out what to run with it, you know. Uh, but that's a <laughs> that's a neat East Coast Railroad. So I'm. I'm I'm tempted on that for sure. Yeah, I'm 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 trying to I'm torn between that and the Erie. Uh, they both have that nice blue to them, so I'm not sure which one I'm going to get. You know what? I, the thing I like about the thing I like most about this is that is the price. To be honest, I think this is something that kind of throws a bone to people who you know because there's a lot of expensive steam in this catalog, and I think the Six ninety nine kind of throws a bone to people who might not be able to afford the big boy or something like that. So I really like seeing this in the catalog for that reason. Oh yeah, not to mention it's just a fantastic locomotive. I've got I've got a Camelback from a few years ago, and and it was it's fantastic. So great locomotive at a nice price. You know, can't beat that. Yeah, I think you make a good point too because these also have whistle steam. And these are kind of like the 280, the consolidations from like a couple catalogs ago where, you know, you got 700 bucks and, you know, it's probably even cheaper than that, right? From a, from a good dealer. And you're getting a really a legacy steam engine, legacy sounds and whistle steam. Um, you know, that that's really hard to beat. I know these and a bunch of other items from the previous catalog. Yeah, kind of piggyback on what you guys said, like the consolidations, Camelbacks, uh, the Atlantics. Like they, they have been super popular for folks, and they're a great entry level legacy scale steam engine for those trying to move up to scale and stuff. So definitely agree with you guys there. Awesome engines. Ryan, I have a question on these. The 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 rendering here. I had one of these Camelbacks from the last release. I don't have it anymore. But does this have a wireless tether or is it wired because they're so short? These do have a wireless tether. Okay. If I, if, unless I'm remembering that really wrong, these do have a wireless tether. I thought so. It's just the, the rendering, I guess, it just looks thicker than the normal IR tender. Or yeah, tether, I think it's just so. the, the angle and the way things are, are, are tucked on, on in there. But uh, yeah, yeah these, are, these are nice. And I think in addition to the, the price point, which is, which is we try and keep down on these, it's nice to put some locomotives in the catalog that will do an 031 curve without any troubles as well. So uh, without having to be semi-scale. Yep, that is a really good point as well. 
All right, uh, let's go ahead and move into legacy diesels. So I'm on page 34 and 35 for those uh, going through the catalog at home. And uh, yeah, it's got some E8 and E9 sets. Uh, pretty cool. I, that New York Central is uh, very striking, uh, I, I have to say. Yeah, I like that one a lot. <laughs> Yeah, they only did a pair, and I can I can sort of see why, but uh, it definitely they definitely stand out. I really like the SP ones; those ones are really cool. I, I gotta ask because folks were were curious about it. Um, Sixty fifty one and SP is one of the survivors that's still in daylight. Any particular reason that we saw Bloody Nose this time? Uh, I had a lot of good pictures of it, and. Uh, uh, you know, the, the daylight scheme is so iconic for um, for the Southern Pacific and just in general. Uh, and yet, really, the bloody nose scheme on these E8s was more common and, and lasted a lot longer, a lot more years. And so uh, just felt like it was time to do uh, do the bloody nose. If you look, really, all of the paint schemes here, uh, to some extent, are kind of oddballs. Uh, you know, when you think Southern, you think, you think green and the crescent, but the tuxedo scheme works on these just as well. Uh, certainly you don't think green when you think New York Central. Uh, so I wanted to highlight some of the, the neat paint schemes that these locomotives wore that weren't necessarily the first thing you think of when you think uh, uh, E8. I love the detail in the Amtrak units, especially the rear one with all the, the, the detail on the roof. I think it's, a, what, I think it's that X... UP or something along those lines, those specific detailing for that. Yeah, SP? I can't remember if that was UP. Yeah, it must have been UP because the SPEs didn't get the, the icebreakers, I don't think. But uh, yeah, uh, there were a number of units that had those. Um, I think if I remember correctly, the uh, the rear unit does not have the, the Mars light. It has the beacon on top. Uh, the 410 does have still have the Mars light in the nose. So we did a couple little detail differences. To, to again get back into that um, that early Amtrak years, which is are just fun to model because there's every, you know almost anything goes. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that with the uh, two different e units because I actually have the the Burlington Northern version of these, and it's it's actually pretty cool. There, it's actually two different obviously fronts. Like I, I have the you know double headlight with the with the Mars, and then the other one is a single headlight with a with a flashing beacon. Uh, but uh, I actually like that kind of detail touch where it's actually like technically two different you know, versions of the same model. And I think, yeah. we, I think we had a question on, on that too, uh, whether I'm sure that that beacon is going to be just a normal lighted beacon as well. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's fun when we can do some, some different things like that uh, and sneak in some, some different details to, to match the prototypes. Uh, it's one of the things I I I was kind of liked about diesels too was you know, the old argument was they all look the same, but when you start getting into into it a little bit more, you realize that the the, the little details start to count for something. Uh, so if we can add <laughs> yeah. that in there and give you a little bit of variety, uh, it's nice. Who says they all look the same? Yeah, there's an argument for that for sure. I can. <laughs> and you know, I guess if you were used to watching Steam and then uh, GP9s came in and took over everything, you'd, you'd kind of feel well, the same way I feel about Jeevos and SD70s today. But, uh, you know, without longing for the days of 
standard cabs and 40 dash twos and all that good stuff. But yeah, it's a, uh, it, you know, changing times and, and different things, but the more you start to look at them, the more you see little d- detail differences and that's what makes the hobby fun. Yeah, this is another one where I'm having a real hard time deciding which one I want to order because I love the Amtrak. I love the New York Central and the Southern and, of course, the AC&W on the next page. So I've got a lot of thinking to do before I put my order in. Yeah, the, I, I had no desire to to go into an E8 set coming into this catalog after going through the Steam. And then I saw the New York Central set and I thought, for someone that doesn't really collect New York Central, that is just, they're too cool to to pass up on. I always try to look at these catalogs now and think about what is the one thing that I'm going to regret not buying that I'm never going to find on the secondary market. And I feel like those New York centrals are probably it from this, definitely from this page. So we'll see. We'll see there. That's, that's a real good point. <laughs> that's a real good view to have, Chris. I mean, that's yeah. yeah which one are you going to regret <laughs> not buying, you know? And, and like you said, I, when, when the catalog catalog came out, I had no, the E8 was not on my mind at all. And when I saw these, I was like, oh man, these look great. I got to get one of these. Yeah. <laughs> no, just really quick. Will these have kinematic couplers? Um, these have the same uh, draw bars one that we've done in the past. Um, I do think they have a little, they, they may have a bit of a kinematic to them. Uh, certainly on the pilots, uh, they, they're a little bit more of a uh, standard pilot. I, I have to double check. It's been, it's one of these, I think this was the first engine we did that on, uh, but they all start to run together after a while. These have been in the catalog now for seven, eight years. It looks like it's got the kinematic pilots on it. Yeah, honestly, I should double check on that. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't think my Burlington Northerns do. If I remember right. Yeah, let's 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 just clip that one and say i'll i'll get back to you on that yeah that's perfectly fine yep uh all right and then of course uh, again on page uh, 36 and 37 just a again beautiful aberdeen carolina western uh that's that's a striking paint scheme for sure yeah i think when i saw these as well uh it just and after seeing the F units from the latest catalog get delivered and the colors, everyone that comes over to my layout and sees them are just in awe when they hit the light, uh, the way that the the paint just shines. That I, I was, I'm delighted to see these in here, especially with some more add-on cars for the F unit sets that I got from the last catalog. And the fact that you're getting actual crew dialogue. Whenever we can get some different voices in there, it just makes it so much more realistic when you've got multiple trains running at the same time. So that's great to see. Yeah, these have been a lot of fun to work with, uh, with the railroad on. Um, the We were putting the art together for these locomotives, for the models, really right alongside the AC&W uh, team um, because they had acquired the the locomotives and hadn't painted them yet uh, and were talking to us about it. And we were, were working with them on some other things, on the on the F units and, and so forth. And uh, when we had the opportunity to do this, we were we were literally, you know, putting the deco on as they were applying it to the engines. It was a fun project. And uh, for those who are uh, in the LCCA or considering joining the LCCA, you know, a a trip on this railroad will be part of the convention um, later this year here in Concord. Uh, So it'd be a great chance for those who want to come in and ride this train. It's an absolutely beautiful uh, contest. 
uh, and keeps growing uh, all the time. So we definitely wanted to add a few things and they've been great to work with. So um, we've invited them to do some of the crew talk and, and they were more than happy and, and excited to, to be able to be part of that. It's a it's a neat railroad I've, I've been kind of researching since I've been doing some writings about the last the last set of units that you guys came out with. For these, I have a question: the the one hundred three E unit there is that Mars light down in the middle going to be right in the middle of the logo, similar to the prototype is? Yeah, uh, we we matched the prototypes on that one. Uh, the one has a Mars light. Uh, I think the other one does not. Um, yeah, I don't one hundred one does. That's cool. Yeah, and it's. It's it's odd. They were it was one of the things they were kind of fussing with too as they were doing the deco to try and figure out how to accommodate the Mars light on the engine, um, and and make that all all sort of work. All right. Any other questions on the uh, the E eights or E nines? All right. Let's go ahead and move into page thirty eight and thirty nine. We have a return of some ES forty four ACs. Uh, yeah, as someone with, um, just BNSF ES44s, uh, I, I really like these, uh, two paint schemes that the Cascade Green one is, it was very interesting. Uh, I, I actually like how you did the white on the cab there, but, uh, I am probably very interested in the, I think that's the, the business scheme if I'm, if I remember right. Yeah, those came in on the business train, and then the uh, the SD seventy Max were delivered in in that paint scheme uh, as well. Yep, I actually have an SD seventy Mac in that paint scheme. I picked one up, actually, the super base version too, as well. Yeah, that was sort of the, the thinking behind uh, most of these units was to do some of the the great paint schemes from the nineteen nineties uh, as if they had still survived into into the ES forty four era. Um, you know, not really even not necessarily as a heritage unit, but more as a if the if the paint had still been around or that railroad had still been around type of uh, a take on things. Yep. Absolutely. I love the Chicago Northwestern scheme. That one's really sharp. Uh, maybe it's because um, I'm, I'm from, from West Chicago and uh, the, uh, they, you would see the Chicago Northwestern, like, I don't know what type of deals they were. The old, old Chicago Northwestern units at the, some executive or some higher up in the area actually was protecting them even into the UP days to stay keeping Chicago and Western paint. And uh, those actually made their way up to IRM a couple of times as well. Um, but really nice to see those come back, even if it is for just a fantasy ES44 scheme. That's, that's really sharp. I love that. Hey, Ryan, I've, I've got a question, just a random question about the, about the super base units. Um, do they actually have, is the speaker setup actually different? You know, is it just another set of speakers or is the speaker actually different in the super base unit than it is in the powered unit? It, it has to do with the uh, enclosure and then especially the way that it's it's tuned um, to, to get into the lower uh, base frequencies uh, to really amp up the, the low end sounds uh, on the locomotive. Uh, and that's what gives it that extra throatiness that you hear. Um, it's yeah. not just to make it louder, but to actually make it more, you know, more bass. Uh, Chris, uh, did you have something? Oh, no, sorry. I had my hand stuck up. <laughs> my, my bad. The Conroe <laughs> one sticks out to me here. I'm just delighted that it's not the heritage unit. Otherwise, I would have had to buy the ES44, um, which would have really hurt my wallet with everything else that I've already said that I'm going to probably buy. So um, I'm dodging a bullet on this one. But 
who knows when usually what happens with me is I'll see these come out in person and I'll be like, uh, yeah, no, I need to grab one of those. So the S44 yeah. sounds, um, from the last catalog, I have the, the EJ and E, the, the, the EJ and E one and the sounds on them are just fantastic. So, uh, these will be neat to see when they come out too. That's usually what happens to me is I, if I skip it, then I'll go over to the train store to pick up my order and I'll see one of these on the shelf and I'll be like, oh man, now I got to get one of these too. <laughs> I kind of noticed that on the EJE version too, because a lot of people I think saw that and uh, I'm like, oh good. We have some more EJE fans now <laughs> for our, our, our fans of our really small railroad here in Chicago. <laughs> Was that the, uh, that orange one? Yes. The orange one. Correct. Yeah. I think you were the or Matt, I think you were the first person to message me and be like, EJ and E on your layout, huh? So I picked that one up from Train World. Those, yeah, it's a nice model, though. It is. It is. If I it, and it's it's still it still could be on my layout as well. I'm still thinking about it. I, I'm it should it should look good with the BNSF ones, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and move on to uh, what's the little NW2s on page 40 and 41. I like these and I like all the all the road name specific details that are on these, depending on which one you get. That's really cool. You know, they got the, the little what are those spark arresters or whatever? Then you got the number boards, you got the handrail variations, the beacon variations, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. These are a fun little locomotive. Yeah. There's all, there's a lot going on on these. Like some of them have beacons, number boards, like you said, Eric, the spark arresters, um, they seem to be pretty well detailed for little switchers. Yeah. This is some and of our newer are... tooling. Yeah, the switchers are some of our newer tooling, and they were designed with that modularity in mind. Uh, and so we already have a lot of different detail options we can we can apply to these. Uh, you know, including taking an NW two and making it you know an SW nine or what have you. But uh, over the years of doing several of these, it's given us uh, you know a lot of tools and little details that we can apply and. Uh, customize them to get them closer to your favorite railroad. I've been really happy with the uh, all the switchers they you guys have been coming out with in recent years. You know the SW twelve hundred, and then and now the NW two and the uh, the SS one that that just came out. Uh, they're all great little switchers, and it's, it's it's always nice to see them in the catalog. Yeah, it's it's a very proven chassis at this point that we we run quite frequently under appropriate different hoods. It's cool with the dual smokestacks too. On something that small is neat. And these also boards. fixed. Yeah, I, mean, I like the number of wards as well. And these have fixed pilots as well. So people know. Now, I probably won't be ordering one of these, but that's for uh, another reason altogether. <laughs> I would probably consider the Burlington Northern one. Yeah, that's probably my, that's probably my favorite of them is the, is the Burlington Northern. We're having a Eric's trains one made of these. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so that's why I, um, I may, I may still order the Burlington Northern cause I like that a lot, but yeah, we're getting a, a Appalachian and Western one, uh, made up. So that's going to be fun to see. Lo- you know, get it loaded up, Eric. 
man. Uh, oh, I did. Be- beacon, yeah, we- a swinging bell. Uh, it put, whistle, <laughs> put, put whistle steam on it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I made sure to put everything. It's basically, it basically is, is like the, um, the Burlington Northern with all those specs. It's got the spark arresters and the beacon and the handrails and the elevated number boards and everything. So I'm uh, really excited about it. This is going to be, it's going to be a fun thing to see come out. Eric, you need to have one crew figure inside and then an O scale cat because of Chessie. <laughs> yes. Of yes. That would really make it. You no, okay, okay. Okay. So here's a, here's a little side note. We're also, you know, we're also doing a, a bay window caboose and, uh, uh, I, I designed the NW2, but Val over at Legacy Station designed the bay window caboose, and she actually added a little cat uh, uh, on each side uh, down to the lower corner of the caboose. Oh, really? That's, awesome. That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like so that. Look, there's, when, they, when they finish the artwork, you'll see a little cat down in the corner. It's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping we, we get all the order minimums in there so that we can get these things made. That's... Uh, I'm not worried about the, the switcher, but the, uh, the caboose, I think it's a hundred minimum. So I got, I'm hoping we'll get, uh, we'll get enough of those, but I'm kind of glad we're doing both now because it gives people, uh, you know, people who can't afford the switcher can get the caboose, you know, so it's going to be, should be good. I think you'd be surprised, dude. I, I, I think you'll get enough orders. I hope so. I hope so. You know, it's, you never know. So we'll see. Well, now that you're going to have cats in your caboose, I think I'm going to have to get one. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a total surprise because I didn't see a caboose in the catalog that we could do other than the vision caboose and the uh, the cabin car. And then so we so I said, OK, let's do the NW2. And then Ryan actually came back and said, hey, hey, we've got a bay window caboose in one of the sets. You know, we can do the bay window. And I was like, oh, that's that's the one I want to do is the bay window. So so. Um, you know, I got to have my cake and eat it too with this one. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and, and move on to page 42 and 43. We have the GP twenties and I believe you said this, uh, on the stream, Ryan, that these are actually rail King scale, uh, that you just basically retooled for legacy. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Um, scale, scale shell. Uh, of course, we've added a bunch of details to it, uh, and are basically using our existing uh, Jeep trucks. And I had to make a new frame anyway. But uh, so uh, we were able to use a lot of legacy components in it. Uh, but when we saw the tooling for this, I said, "Yeah, it's Rail King, but this is a scale engine, and we don't have a scale GP20. There's no better way to add one into the into the lineup than this. Uh, adding grab irons and." Uh, you know, separately apply detail parts versus tooling up an all new shell is is pennies on the dollar. So uh, we've got a few variations here in the catalog and you'll be seeing some more things uh, and more variations along this line uh, in the not too distant future as well. Will these have kinematic pilots? I'm guessing no, because of the minimum curve on these, but I thought I would somebody had asked them. Yeah, no, it's a great, great question. These will not have the kinematic pilots. And then another question was, will KCT 2005 have the cab mounted headlight? Yes, it has the cab. I think it has both uh, in, in the real world. We're showing it with both here in the catalog. I'll double check that and see yeah. if we didn't butcher the catalog art on that. But uh, we match the details on this to the prototype unit uh, as closely as possible. I guess they're asking, will it have the cab mounted headlight? Uh, 
according to the the um, person who wrote the question, I've only seen it with the nose mounted headlight with ditch lights. So I guess they're asking, is it going to have both or if it's, is it just going to have the nose mounted one, which is, I guess, prototypical but i'm just yeah it'll, it'll, it'll have the nose mounted headlight uh we'll probably blank out the uh the cab lights on it uh okay. and then uh we couldn't get ditch lights in on these sometimes with that with the pilot on these it, it's a challenge sometimes to do ditch lights gotcha it's another one where i uh, yeah this is another one where i having a hard time deciding which one to get i love that kct i'm probably going to end up getting that one just because it looks so cool uh, but I, I'm thinking about the Penn Central too. Yeah, these are pretty cool. All right, let's go ahead and move into uh, one of my favorite parts of the catalog, the scale sets. And uh, our first set is the uh, Lehigh Valley Camelback set. My question on this, and I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but those co-hoppers, they look like they're weathered, but is that just the rendering? Is are they are they not? Yeah, that's just that's just the rendering. Uh sometimes when we when we shoot a photo of a of a model, you get a little bit of a reflection um right. in, the, in the base paint or whatnot, and it just it carries through. Uh and it's real hard to try and minimize that. Uh or it okay, also cool. gets to the point where if you take some of that that shading out, you completely lose the the side post detail on the cars because they just become giant black black blobs okay right on i love the fact that this set comes with a bobber caboose i just picked up one of the the, the strasburg version that just got delivered and they're super cool so that's neat to see with the, the camelback just a really short train with the bobber caboose really completes it so it's really cool because it's again talk about price point this is an affordable set for someone with a small layout with minimum curves so, you know, it definitely brings people in to be able to go for a set, but maybe the first time. That boxcar is really cool. I think it's uh, really different from what we're used to seeing in sets like this. So the fact that it's included is it's super awesome. Yeah, I was just looking at that boxcar. That is cool looking. Mm-hmm. I wanted to throw just a little bit of, of color in so it wasn't all an all black uh, train, you know, just give a little splash of color here and there. <laughs> Alrighty, let's go ahead and move on to the next set. So that is the uh, Union Railroad Hot Metal Train Legacy set. This is page 46 and 47. I like this one. I, my, my first question is, those hot metal cars, are those the old MTH hot metal cars? No, those are the old Lionel uh, hot metal cars. Um, okay, okay. 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 We do have a question on this one. So um, they ask, uh, do you does do you guys plan on making a separate 52 foot gondola for this set to go along with the separate sail hot metal car? Uh, good question. We did do a separate sail Union Railroad gone um, maybe a year or two ago. It hasn't been too long since we did it, and I believe it in two road numbers um possibly i think we may have done a coil steel load in that um if i remember correctly um so there there should be some of those out there on the market if you're looking to add another gone to the train yeah like this is a pretty cool set this is actually very very different i have to say 
I don't I don't think I've seen it. Has there been a uh, hot metal car in Gondalas set before? I don't recall one. I think it looks really cool. I mean, yeah. you've got two hot metal cars and, and it's a bit it looks like a pretty big set. You got six cars. I mean, so uh, it looks great to me. Yeah, I'm pretty nope, sure this is the I... first time I've I've put all these pieces together in a set. I can't can't speak for all of Lionel history, but uh, my memory's getting bad. But I'm pretty sure I haven't done this before. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you, can't, you can't speak for the last 123 years. Come well, on. no, I definitely can't speak for all of it. And, and sometimes I shouldn't even speak for the last 10 that I was was a part of. But uh. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. I. I you know, when you do unique sets like this, they're very eye catching and and uh, definitely ones that people are very interested in, for sure. It's a great industrial set uh, and the Union's a neat railroad. I mean, if you're in the, anywhere, anyone around the Pittsburgh area certainly knows of it. And you know, they still use cabooses and, uh, you know, very it's the epitome of an industrial, uh, you know, a small industrial. Well, not really a small, but an industrial uh, connecting railroad and steel mill railroad uh, and you know it's, it's right up a lot of people's alley who who like to do heavy industry and uh, and that sort of thing all right let's go ahead and move on to page 48 and 49 the iron hippo legacy set and no this is not a circus train this one is this this one this was the one that was really tempting for me the especially because it comes with the vision line and eight cabin cars. So you've got the, the freight sounds, dialogue, air whistle in, in the, the caboose, which is really neat for this set. One of the questions I have, Ryan, is the, the locomotive itself. Does this have the black or the you know the Brunswick roof, um, or does it have the red roof and tender deck? Uh, this does have the, the, the green uh, roof and tender deck uh, with the awesome. post-war details. Okay. And looking at the looking at photos of most of the I ones and really most Pensy steam in general, they used a a very dark graphite uh, typically uh, on their their locomotives when they were shopped. So uh, we did get a deco shell um, as a test sample uh, from the factory on this. Actually, I think it was just today or yesterday, uh, one day earlier this week, because uh, I noticed that the green on some of our Pensy engines has been shifting a little bit. Uh, to be too green, and some of the smoke boxes, I think, have been a little bit too gray. So, uh, the, the the new path on these is a very, very much a darker, dark, dark green and uh, dark, dark smoke box uh, on these, which captures that that Pensy look pretty well when you look at, at old photos. It's kind of a lot of them. It's hard to tell where the smoke box ends and the boiler jacketing begins. They, they yeah. all blend together, uh, and I think these will get that effect really nicely. Awesome. Does that would that be similar for the? the Mikados from the last catalog. Yes. Yes. That'll be for, for all those, the Pensy steam that's in production this year and working awesome. with the factory that does the diesels as well to get those diesels back to a, a nearly black sort of green. All right, let's continue on uh, page 50 and 51. So uh, we had East coast. So let's go West coast. Uh, at the top, we have the Rock Island Quad Cities Rocket Legacy set. This is um, this is pretty cool. I love that uh, independence uh, color scheme for Rock Island. Yeah, for you Chicago guys, I mean, this is another one of those trains that's uh, right in your wheelhouse. 
right? Sort of the the end of the passenger era on the Rock Island, really actually a post-Amtrak train because Amtrak was already up and running when these were still toiling away on the Rock Island. And uh, the more I read about the, uh, I started off wanting to do a, a small a small passenger train that you could do as a complete set. Uh, and that led me to the rock and, and these, uh, the last of the rockets. And the more I read of them and the personal stories of, of travelers and crew on these trains, uh, the more I fell in love with, with the idea of, of a set like this and a train like this. So um, it's one of those that I, I encourage people to go online and, and Google it and, and look up some of the stories and read a little bit about the train. And then you'll absolutely want to want to have one on your layout. Uh, but, you know, fun little stories about, you know, they'd, they didn't stop always at the station in the town because there were only, you know, six passengers on the train. <laughs> they knew where everybody lived. They saw each other every day. So if they if they knew your house was three blocks, you know, down from the station, they'd stop three blocks down from the station and let you off there. Uh, another <laughs> ship where they, they didn't get the commissary stocked in the snack cars or they stopped at a uh, convenience store track side somewhere along the way and went out and got sandwiches for everybody. Uh, you know, just <laughs> kind of neat little stuff like that that, very different side of passenger railroading. I mean, this is not the 20th century limited, but it's service and stories and, um, and good railroad history nonetheless. Yeah. I am a huge sucker for passenger train sets. And uh, now that you've mentioned that story, I I'm a little bit more interested in this uh, quad cities rocket set. <laughs> I do like the, uh, the independence, you know, E89 along with the silver cars. I think that just that color variation just blends so well together too. It's also really hard to get cars for this, this engine as well. So being able to have them in conjunction with as one big set is really nice. Uh, I know these engines have been made by MCH in past, but good luck finding anything to pull them. So for anybody who missed out back then and wants to get it all in one go, this is a perfect opportunity. Is that second car? Is that an is that an observation car? No, both coaches. Uh, okay, both coaches. the The observations were were long gone from these trains by by this this year. Uh, this what you see here was a typical consist for the train: uh, a single E unit and a pair of coaches. Uh, snacks were served out of a, out of a cooler in the uh, <laughs> in one of the cars. <laughs> That's awesome. I like the story behind this one. Uh, all right, the uh, Santa Fe. So on the bottom, the Santa Fe Fast Fruit Express Legacy set. Uh, so yeah, just kind of everything we kind of already went over, uh, pecked up into one kind of collection or set. I do have one question though. This one comes with a Santa Fe Vision caboose. Uh, do I, if I want a Vision caboose, is this the only way to get a Santa Fe Vision caboose? Right now, this is the only Santa Fe uh, scheme that we're doing on the on that uh, that caboose. Yes, okay. uh, down the road is separate sale. Of course, anything's possible. I'm not gonna gonna say no, especially with a road name like Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we figured, why not? Uh, you know, we've got everything else in here. This was sort of a um, a nod to the Vision Big Boy set in a slightly less insane package. <laughs> One you can kind of hide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This one will only get you half divorced, you know. I, <laughs> All righty. Any, any, any other questions or comments on the uh, sets on this page or pages? 
No, I'm good. That uh, looks great. All right. Let's uh we're in the uh kind of the, the final stretch here. We just have some scaled cars to cover. All right, so uh we have some uh 50 foot flat cars with trailers and we have some uh, PS5 gondolas. So I I saw that Lionel Play World uh flat car with trailer. I thought that was great. So I'm going to order that one. And uh and I hadn't I hadn't thought about Lionel Play World in forever. I mean, it was around when I was a little kid, but you know, not for not for too long. And uh and I hadn't thought of it since then. And it was really cool to see this. And so then I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So I, I was looking at, I was searching around on the web and I ended up finding a Lionel Play World T-shirt that I got so that I can wear, the, wear, that, in some, yeah, wear that in some of my videos. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was interesting. Lionel Play World. Turn that frown upside down. <laughs> I've now got images of Eric doing videos in a child size medium uh, uh, t-shirt and i'm a little concerned Uh, i'm not sure that's going to do much good for your your viewing numbers uh yeah it might tank after that (laughs) i I found a site that does retro t-shirts and uh play Play world was one of them and so i was like cool (laughs) yeah that was a neat one as as i was looking for uh for some different uh qfc cars to do uh you know and of course, on my my search engine, Google automatically assumes I want Lionel everything. So if I type in forty foot trailer, I'm going to see Lionel Play World forty foot trailers, um, and that was a, a happy coincidence. I said, you know, this would this would look kind of cool in a, a Lionel Lines flat car, and uh, I figure a lot of people would be just like Eric said, yeah, I remember I remember going to Kitty City and Play World, and uh, you know, this is a neat little piece of Lionel history to to bring back and. There was even a shot of a trailer very similar to this on a trailer train flat car. So uh, at one point that I found, so pretty neat to to see that and bring it out. Uh, it's fun doing some of the the mix that they're not all uh, you know railroad road names on the trailer and flat car, but mixing things up a little bit. Um, further back in the in the catalog and the some of the license page sections, you'll you'll find a John Deere, uh, a Budweiser Anheuser Busch trailer. Uh, so there's a couple of those lurking further back in the catalog, uh, some other fun hot metal cars as well. And some of those license pages. All right. Now, any, any other questions or comments on the flat cars or gondolas? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I've, uh, I've got a buddy of mine who's got a bunch of these in Pennsylvania road name. So uh, I'm tempted to start collecting them. So it's cool to see them in the catalog now. Maybe I'll grab one or two. The gondolas or the or the flat cars? Uh, the flat cars. Oh, cool. All right. Let's go ahead and move to page 54 and 55. We have the grain door boxcars. I don't think I've seen these before. Yeah, those grain door boxcars are really popular when we were discussing it with our community. Uh, I think every other person was talking about how excited they were to see these. So... I don't know too much about them, but they look really, really cool. Yeah, this is this is only the second time we've we've run this variation of of the PS One boxcar. Uh, this up as an option. Oh, I'm going to say it's been at least seven years, um, which in Ryan Kunkel speak means anywhere from two catalogs ago to thirty. I, I, <laughs> who knows anymore? But um, these were very popular, especially uh, across the Midwest. You know, the people we feel, we associate moving grain with covered hoppers now. 
uh, almost exclusively. But up until even in some places, the early 1980s, the 40 foot boxcar was still a good workhorse uh, for, for these seasonal grain movements. And it was just bulk loaded into the car. And, and there were uh, wood or, or sometimes, you know, combination of wood and I think cardboard uh, or cardstock type, of, you know, uh, corrugate uh, doors put in behind the sliding doors to help hold in the, the loose load. Uh, and then you uh, either close the outer doors or, or half, halfway close them for transit. Uh, when you got to the destination, those grain doors were usually just broken out with a hammer. Uh, and then you got in there with shovels and, and got to work and, and they were unloaded by hand. Um, much more labor intensive for loading and unloading than covered hoppers. But um, it gave you a, a car that you could use all year long when you didn't have a grain rush. And when you really needed every car you could to haul the grain, it was a nice stopgap for the railroads. So picked a variety of road names that uh, we hadn't done, at least in this configuration before. And, and I think it's, it's just a neat car to, to add into your fleet. And there's a there's a a load inside too, correct? You open yes. the doors. Yeah, there's a little uh, blow molded uh, vac form uh, mold uh, load that goes inside there and sits in behind the the grain doors. That's pretty cool. All right, let's uh, continue on. Uh, page fifty six and fifty seven. We have some N eight cabin cars. Yep, these are new to us as well. Uh, former MTH tooling, uh, same same car we're using in the Vision uh, cabin cars uh, earlier. We saw on the Iron Hippo set, uh, just without the the Vision features. So these will have uh, the detailed interiors, uh, interior lighting, uh, the marker light lights uh, on these as well uh, are illuminated. Uh, nice little car. This was this was as modern as the Pensy ever got for cabooses. Uh, after this, this was their their last caboose design. Yeah, I like these. I like the Penn Central one. I might get that one. Yeah, it's cool to see the kind of through the years goes, you know, Penn State and the Penn Central. And then you've got the Conrail one also. Just it's nice, nice, nice to add some vibrant colors to the end of the train with the, the PC or the Conrail version. Really like that Conrail. That's really sharp. Yeah. It was one of the, I only found a couple of Conrail uh, N8s that had the the safety first slogan and then the sort of Santa Fe style, uh, the last three digits of the uh, car number on the cupola ends. Uh, I thought that was a neat, neat little touch. So uh, we did one of those cars here for this one. Same with the Penn Central having the red P, uh, just to have something a little, little, little extra splash of color on it makes a bit of a difference. Yeah, so just to, to clarify around, I think I heard you say this. So the renderings have these facing, I guess, facing forward. So there's um, illuminated lanterns there or lights on the back of the caboose? Yes, yes. You do have the illuminated uh, markers on the back. Um, they, they, you can just sort of make it out in the uh, top right corner there behind the, the ladder. Um, yep. In most okay. cases, they were yellow. Uh, and the Pensy lamps uh, only had a single lens out the back, a single red lens. Mm. Yeah, these are uh, pretty cool. Definitely East Coast, but pretty cool. 
I think Illinois Central bought one or two of them used. So we'll get to that at some point in the run as well. Oh, okay. Interesting. Alrighty, let's uh, keep it moving here. Page 58 and 59. So we have uh, GLA hoppers on 58 and we have uh, scale rolling stock assorted on 59. I like I like that one lone milk milk car. <laughs> milk car singular. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So if you're looking at the digital catalog, um, the the GLA hoppers sort of represent the the end of the the new scale rolling stock for this catalog, uh, at least in the uh, scale section. Uh, there's some more stuff back with, as I said, the licensed pages and with Christmas. Um, the the digital catalog then has a few pages of some more scale and standard O rolling stock that we still have in stock. Um, and wanted to put that in the catalogs. People knew it was still available. Uh, if you're looking at the printed catalog, you'll go from the GLA hoppers to the uh, standard O center beam flat cars. Um, so that's, we were able, again, with the digital, it's nice. We can put in some of the stuff that's still hanging on or things also, you know, we can put in uh, track and power and all that stuff that you're used to seeing in every catalog. Um, but for the, the print versions this year, we, uh, again, to sort of maximize the usage of the paper and everything else, uh, put in all the new product uh, that's that's brand new for the catalog. Ryan, the I'm, I'm going back over here to the digital catalog. The rotary gondolas, the two packs, do they have end of train devices on them like some of them did? Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, because I don't have that catalog in front of me, I'm actually working off the, the print copy uh, today. But I believe those are the ones that we did where we did a four pack and then the two-pack, and the two-pack had the double rotary gondola, and the, the second car uh, had the single rotary coupler and the EOT on the end. So if my memory okay. is correct, and I've already qualified that <laughs> several times tonight, <laughs> uh, if my memory is correct, then yes, they do have the uh, EOT on those cars. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, keep moving down. So page 60 and 61, we have some uh, center beam flat cars. These are some of our standard O cars. They're not uh, they're not to scale length. They have the right sort of overall look and feel. They're a little bit shorter than scale length, but they're very O31 curve friendly, uh, a little less detailed than the things you've seen on all the preceding pages, uh, but at a, a lower price point as well to help uh, help people who are you know just trying to build up a big big long freight train not every car has to have separate grab irons and um uh, opening doors and things like that sometimes it's nice just to have a few simple freight cars that you can build and add in there and stretch your train yeah i've, I've got a couple of these and they're, they're they're pretty nice like you said they're not quite as the length is a little shorter uh but they're very nicely done all right, well, that pretty much wraps up the scale side of things. Uh, again, folks, stay tuned for the next episode where we're going to go over the traditional Lion Chief and the, all of the holiday items like Halloween and Christmas. I'm actually really excited for Halloween. I think I said this before, man. Somebody or uh, there are folks at, at uh, Lionel that love Halloween, and it absolutely shows for sure. <laughs> so I can't wait to go over those items. Yep, you'll have you'll have the experts on for the next next section for sure. Megan and Corey uh, are both our project managers for uh, a variety of categories, but including the, the traditional worlds. 
Uh, and Megan is our uh, queen of Halloween for sure in the in the building and uh, loves every bit of doing those things. And it's definitely shown in the quality of the product and the ideas and the originality that uh, you've seen coming uh, out of the last few catalogs from us at Lionel. Awesome. Um, all right, before we close out, I'm going to actually go around the room here and um, I'm going to put people on the spot. So uh, first thing is just kind of, you know, give us your kind of like, you know, kind of final reaction to uh, this catalog, but also tell me the one thing that you are 100% absolutely going to order out of the catalog. And I'm going to go ahead and start with, uh, with you, Eric. Oh boy. Um, yeah, I, I really like the catalog. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, and the process of narrowing it down is, is proving to be very, uh, painstaking. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I, there's so much of it. I like, I guess if, a, if there's one thing that I absolutely have to have, it's probably going to be that the, uh, the Dreyfus, um, but not to take away anything from anything else. I mean, I've got so much stuff on my list right now. I've got to, <laughs> I've got to go through this process of narrowing it down to get, to get it within budget. But yeah, it's a lot of good stuff, a lot of good stuff. And I like a lot of different, you know, paint schemes and stuff like that. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to be, going to be quite a task to narrow it down, but uh, yeah, it's a great catalog. I like it. Gotcha. Uh, Chris, how about yourself? Definitely the, the I one is, is one that I'm going to 100% have to buy. I, I, the catalog itself going through it, I, I did a review on my YouTube channel, just a quick page through it. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm not saying that just because Ryan's on the podcast. I mean, there's so many things that people have wanted to see. I'm just an absolutely elated that I don't collect New York central stuff because if I did, I'd be in really deep trouble because the Dreyfus and, and all those passenger cars would be a must buy for me if I was a New York central guy. And I only dabble in, in New York Central. So I'm, I'm pleased to say the I-1 will be the one thing that I know I'm buying. And we'll just have to see what else what else happens. You know, I, as I said, I might wait until something comes out, see it on the shelf and have to buy it. We'll just have to wait and see. I didn't, again, I'm looking at those New York Central E8s again. They got the Aberdeen E8s. You've got the Christmas ones in the back. Who knows? Who knows? Well, time will tell. But the, the for sure purchase is the, uh, the Pensy I-1. Uh, Johnny, how about yourself? Oh, this is such a good catalog. Too many things to choose from. Uh, seeing the big boys return was awesome. I've always wanted to get one and, uh, I wasn't in, in seriously in the hobby at the time they, when they first got announced. So I'd get a second chance, get a vision line, big boys. Awesome. That's my definite going to get one of those. I thought I was going to be safe with the Decapod, but of course, Ryan lured me back in with them. So I'm definitely going to get 1630 as Chicago when I have to. I mean, that engine, I go to IRM all the time. I have a buddy who actually is part of the steam department. Um, so it, it means a lot to us Chicago guys. So that's definitely a, a must get. The return of UP passenger cars was awesome. Uh, I'm really excited for the new cabooses. Uh, I'm curious on how they're going to sound. And most likely I'll be picking one of those up as well. But just overall, lots of cool items, too many things to choose from. So I will definitely have to watch my spending this year so I can uh, grab things that I want. But awesome catalog. How about you, Matt? Uh, fantastic uh, catalog. Uh, you know, flipping through it uh, when it came out, I was just like blown away by, uh, you know, all of the great stuff in there, uh, especially I think the uh, the 2900 class uh, Santa Fe uh, Northerns, um, especially that Blue Goose. Um, 
man, uh, I have an MTH Blue Goose, but uh, I, you know that that twenty nine hundred one is is kind of calling my name a little bit. I'm definitely getting a big boy. In fact, I already pre ordered a big boy, so that's already done. But um, you know, I think for me, uh, you know, one of those twenty nine hundreds, I'm definitely one hundred percent going to get for sure. Uh, and uh, Ryan, uh, one last question for you. Uh, what was your favorite thing to uh, put in the catalog? Uh, well, you know, I think there's no one favorite thing that I, I would say I, that I got to put into it. Um, but you all have in the last going uh, just last minute or two validated what I felt was my favorite thing coming out of this catalog. And, and that was the catalog itself. We really try as a team every time to strike a nice balance and give people a good variety to meet various interests, not just in the scale world that we've been talking about tonight, but just all across the catalog in, in general, uh, between holiday items and different license properties, different price points, different uh, curve requirements, different space requirements, uh, different geographical regions and things in, in there. And I really do feel like this catalog is one of the best we've done in terms of providing a little something for everybody to get excited about. Uh, and just hearing you all go through and everybody has sort of a different different engine or different piece that you've gravitated to and said, well, I love a lot of it, but this is the one for me that was my my must have. And that, that makes me feel good because that tells me that we're all doing our jobs uh, very well. And it's, it's really nice to see a catalog come together and, and give people something positive to talk about. Uh, and I even heard a lot from people who said, uh, there are things in here that I know aren't for me, but I know it's making a lot of people happy because you haven't done this in a while. And I've heard a lot of, I would have never even thought about wanting one of these, but I'm looking at it and it looks great. Uh, for me, I am, I'm personally one of these people who's not a huge Christmas train person, but uh, the Sleigh Bell Limited is calling my name. Um, I think we're going to need a bigger track around the tree this year uh, and figure out some way to keep the dog from destroying it. But uh, that one is really calling to me. Uh, I need something something to pull that crazy reindeer car we created around with anyway. So uh, that may be coming home with me this year. Uh, but overall, I'm just proud of this catalog and I'm proud of uh, the work that everybody at the company put into to making it successful uh, from the, the product planners to the uh, the graphics department for making you know everything come to life. Our, our engineering team for putting up with all of our crazy ideas. Uh, they 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 sort of now just start shaking when I walk into the engineering room. It's uh, it, it's amusing. <laughs> but, uh, what, what do you want to do now? Now now what what animal are you putting in a train? Oh my gosh. Um, so but yeah, it's. It's a it's a, a huge team effort to pull these catalogs together, and it feels like this one made a lot of people happy in a lot of different ways. And that's, in my mind, the, the sign of a, of a true successful catalog. Um, I'm sure that uh, the sales team will will judge it by uh, dollars and cents as well. But I hope that that, that passion translates through for for the bean counters also. Uh, but yeah, I think this one was one of the better catalogs that we've done for just overall balance and uh, and cool stuff congratulations to to you and obviously the entire staff at Lionel for putting out a uh, a fantastic catalog all right well let's go ahead and wrap this up and as always we want to make sure that people can uh find uh the guests that come on this show so ryan where can people find uh, more information about Lionel on the internet 
uh, pretty much anywhere where trains are sold, Matt. Uh, we, <laughs> we're, we are all over the place. Uh, go to lionel.com uh, or lionelstore.com for all of your product needs uh, and related service sites. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. Uh, and by we, I mean the the younger, hipper parts of the the staff that that aren't old curmudgeonly like me. Um, but uh, we're we're all over that. Uh, for me, honestly, the best way to reach me, folks, if you have questions, is shoot an email to us or give us a phone call through our call center, and they uh, relay everything uh, if they don't already have the answers in, in front of them. Uh, but uh, our number is one eight hundred number four Lionel. Uh, or you can send emails to us at talk to us, all one word, talk to us at lionel.com. And those comments do all get to myself or the appropriate uh, project manager uh, right away so that we can uh, try and answer questions or take uh, take things into consideration for updates and uh, future products. I love that you guys have a TikTok. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Eric, where can people find you on the Internet? What's the internet? I don't um, know. Something created a while ago. Uh, <laughs> it's a series of tubes. <laughs> you can find me in the yellow pages. Uh, I've got, uh, let's see, I've got, well, there's ericstrains.com. That'll take you to everything else. But there's uh, Eric's Trains YouTube. There's Instagram. There's, there is a TikTok that I'm slowly starting to get used to. And, uh, and then there's Twitter and Facebook. So pretty much everywhere under Eric's Trains. Uh, Chris, how about yourself? Yeah, so I'm on YouTube uh, under Chris's Trains and Things, and then also on Instagram, Chris Trains and Things on Instagram as well. Awesome. And Johnny, where can people find you? You can find me on YouTube at Automus. That's A-U-D-A-M-U-S. Uh, for once, I actually have a project in the works. I know it's been over a year, but I am midway through editing and producing a new video. Uh, highest budget of quality. A lot of uh, funny gags. I've actually had Matt R do some QA and some jokes and gags for me, and he seemed to really enjoy it. So I hope the uh, you guys will uh, check it out when it comes out in hopefully about a week or two. So keep an eye out. I will be promoting it on all my socials. Speaking of my socials, you can find me at Onimus underscore trains on Instagram and Facebook at the same name. Last but not least, you can find me in the Matt and Matt Uska podcast discord. Uh, I will usually be scrolling through chats, chatting with you guys in there, or I'll be in the voice call making a fool of myself. So come on down. It's lots of fun. And you can find me on YouTube at WC Model Railroad. I'm on Facebook as WC Model Railroad and on Instagram as you guessed it, WC Model Railroad. So uh, I want to thank uh, all of the guests for coming on the show tonight. Uh, it was an absolute blast. It is always fun to go through the catalog and just talk about all these new awesome trains that uh, that are coming out. And um, I'm looking forward to our, our next episode where we'll go ahead and tackle the traditional line chief and the holiday items. And of course, the biggest thanks goes out to all of our listeners uh, in our podcast world there. Thank you for tuning in to us, for downloading our podcast, and of course, for leaving us feedback. So with that said, uh, gentlemen, again, thank you for coming on the podcast tonight. And uh, I want to wish you all a wonderful, wonderful week. Take care, everyone. Had a lot of fun. Thanks. Thank you all. Thanks for having me. Thank you, guys. Thank you.